Hey, church, turn your Bibles to Psalm 139. I come in agreement with what Pastor Dan prayed. I speak in Jesus' name, the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the power of God moving in your homes today, that healing manifests, not only healing, that you walk in divine health. And we speak that because that's the truth of the Word of God. So receive that today, and thank you, Pastor Dan, worship team, everybody that's involved in bringing you the Word of God. Let's go ahead and start. When we began this series, we made a statement that should encourage all of you today. You're hearing so much on the news. You're hearing so much around you. Some of you are going back to work, praise the Lord. But the reality is that you're hearing war stories. And we have a decision to make. And the decision is to understand who God is. Here's the statement that we made at the beginning. Your concept of God or what you think he is in your heart really matters. We first found that God is a person. You can relate with him. You can have a personal, intimate relationship with him because he's a person. Two weeks ago, we found God is good. Or in essence, what we said, good is he. His goodness is who he is. His goodness is his character. It's what he moves. It's his motivation. It's what he moves by. The motivation is out of goodness. Today, let's find out that God is all. Remember the title, God is what? We're talking about his attributes. We're talking about who God is. And I want every one of you in your living rooms and wherever you are at, I want you to hear the passion that is in my heart. I want you to hear out of my voice today because I am so excited that we're going to find out that God is all. God is all in our life. This comes from the biblical word omni or omni. Omni means all. So in the Bible, I have found three omnis of God. First is omnipotent. Second is omniscient. And third is omnipresent. Again, the word omni means all. One of my goals for this series is that the truths will become part of our lives, part of your life, or literally will be how you think and how you make choices in your life, how you walk in your life and allow yourself in anything that you face, you recognize the God that is in you. He is all. So these three words tell us God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing, and he is all-present. Here's a thought you should have 24-7. God is all-powerful. He has enough power. God is all-knowing. He has enough knowledge to guide us. God is always there. 
Even when you lie down to sleep, God is with you. So let this be how you live, how you speak, how you talk about God. One of the things in life that kind of grind me a little bit is when I hear people say, well, you know, God is, and they say something that's not true. And that's why during this time that some of us are stuck in our homes and and we're having to be so careful with our masks and washing our hands and all the things that we are doing, the changes that have manifested in these last couple of months, I want you to always have in your heart, your pastor, your friend is saying this, I want you to know really who God is. So let's go deeper in these three attributes of God, and let's explain to you, God is what? So the first one we said to you was that God is omnipotent. The definition of omnipotent is God has all power and all ability to perform all his decrees. You must understand, it is his power that gives life to his other attributes. In other words... If God wasn't all-powerful, then his mercy would be feeble. His mercy would be weak. If God wasn't all-powerful, his promises would be empty. You and I would not, as Scripture says, put our trust and confidence in a God who does not have all power. But our God is omnipotent. God's all power is the strength of all of his other attributes. It is his power that gives you and me our faith and our confidence. You and I have peace because our God has all power. See, God is in control, and he is still on the throne. Now, as we study this power, we must see God has two types of power. First of all, Scripture talks to us about an ordained power. This means he has the absolute right to act. No one tells God what to do. God has the absolute power to act on what he thinks and who he is. Then we see the absolute power means he has the ability to do it. He has the ability to act on his thoughts and his character and his attributes. So let me kind of give you an explanation of in creation. The explanation of this power in creation Here's a question. What gave God the right to create the universe? The answer is his ordained power, or simply, he is God. God is living and residing in you. Another question. What gave God the ability to create the universe? The answer is his absolute power, without measure, infinite power 
gave him the ability to do it. So God has absolute, complete power. In Colossians 1, verse 16, it's interesting what it says here. It says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So let's make Colossians personal and intimate. What does omnipotence mean to me as a Christian? What does that do for me? I'm walking in life, stuff happens, things go on, mostly great things. God's hands on us. We're following the will of God. But sometimes not so good things happen. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. <clears throat> God has overcome it. So, what does omnipotence mean to me? First, I can overcome sin by his power. Not by my power or willpower, but by God's willpower. See, the reality, there are a lot of people that are living their life and they're, they're wanting to do good. They're wanting to, to be the best that they can be. They, they, they want to help people. They want to be the, the best employee or, or business owner. But the reality, there's stuff in their life they just don't seem to be able to get rid of it because they're not realizing that it's the power of God that helps you, that causes you to overcome. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God's power is available in me and in you when you are tempted. Don't ever believe that there is a sin you cannot overcome. That is a lie. Freedom in your life comes by his power. Secondly, it means I can overcome demonic forces and rebuke Satan and every demon by standing in God's power slash authority of Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God in me, God in you, is greater than anything Satan can bring. We know God is greater than Satan, but you need to add in me. God is greater. A lot of people say, yeah, God, he could do whatever he wants to do. But I want to tell you, that same God is in you. That same power is in you. And when you realize the character of God, what he has done... In his infinite wisdom, he resides in you and his power is there for you to walk in. No created being will ever be greater than its creator. 
So let me tell you a truth regarding God's power. Did you know that God is not fighting with Satan? <laughs> There's so many people that, that picture God and Satan fighting. God's not fighting. God's all-powerful. Satan is defeated. Here's what the Scripture tells us, and listen very closely. I'm the one that's fighting, but I already have the victory in him. And God in me, he's given me the power to overcome because he, all-powerful, has defeated the enemy. The battle is between us and Satan. God is in complete control. See, God's power is available to you today. Also, Satan is not out of control. How many of you have heard, you know, uh, Christians say, Satan's out of control, and he's using this virus, and he's coming, and he's attacking, and doing all the things that he's doing? Let me just give you an explanation. Remember Hollywood's Frankenstein? Satan is not Frankenstein where even the creator, Dr. Frankenstein, was concerned that Frankenstein, the monster, was out of control. That's what it means. Omnipotent is God is in complete control, and Satan is not out of control because God is always in control. The third thing about omnipotent is he strengthens my physical body to be able to accomplish his will. If God asks you to do something, you have the ability to do it, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Sure, we have to prepare ourselves. Sure, we have to dive in the Word and being in prayer and all that, and that's what we're doing at Valley Community Church. If you're not part of Valley Community Church, join us, because these are powerful men and women of God that right now are even on on Zoom and, and all the different facets of, of, of talking through the computer and everything. And bottom line, what we're doing is we're defeating the enemy. He strengthens your physical body. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and He does, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit, who dwells in you. He gives life to your mortal body, not just your soul and your spirit. It includes physical healing. Cancer is not bigger than God. This virus is not bigger than God. You need to remember this. Words from the TV, words from your radio, words from people at work that are walking in fear are just just bombarding you with negativity. And I just want to tell you, take a a breath of God, take a breath of the Holy Spirit and renew your thinking to who your God is and who you are in Christ. The fourth meaning of omnipotence is God's power is present to witness, heal, and minister through you and me. That power is given to us to be able to touch lives. This is the greatest time to love on your family. This is the greatest time to love on your coworkers and your friends, to make phone calls and to let them know who your God is. 
when you are touching lives, the power of God is accomplishing this ministry, and it's in you. Now, here's the second thing about God. God is omniscient. Remember, omni, omni means all. And omniscient is literally the word science or knowledge. So the definition is this. God knows everything, everything actual, everything possible, all events and creatures, past, present, and future. God knows all. He's all-knowing. So let me simplify what I just said. God knows all at the same time. Think about it. God knows all, everything at the same time. When we think of that, we're just thinking about, you know, what are we having for dinner? What are we, you know, what are we going to do at work tomorrow? If you own a business, you know, what you're going to have your employees do? See, let me just say it this way. If God didn't know all future things, then God would be mutable in his knowledge. In other words, God is immutable, which means God never changes. If God didn't know everything, past, present, and future, all things, then when he learned of something future, he then would have to change. God doesn't change because he knows. Now, you got to grasp this. I know I'm using some playing on words and everything, but you really got to grasp this. Understand the God that you serve, the God that loves you, the God that died for you and rose again on the third day, the God that resides inside you. God can never learn anything because he already knows everything. You or I can't teach God anything. You can say God is a personal, good, know-it-all. He is a personal, good, know-it-all. See, God is never trying to figure something out. He is never bewildered. He is never confused. He never wonders what to do, hoping an idea will come to him. God knows everything. So let me tell you what Father God never said. Let me say it again. Let me tell you what Father God never said. He never said, you know what? Something just occurred to me. (laughs) And Jesus never replied, no, what? See, God knows everything. Nothing ever occurs to him because he already knows. God knows all and has all knowledge. God is knowledge. Nothing catches God off guard. I found in my life things at times have caught me off guard. But the God that I serve knew it. So here it is. Let's make it personal and intimate of him being omniscient. The question is, what does God's omniscience mean to me or you as a Christian? The answer is, nothing will ever catch God by surprise. And he has planned 
and provided for me and my family, for you and your family, to be able to walk through what came up in your life. Your job, whatever is going on right now, God knows and has planned and provided for the answer in your life. But you have to recognize and see every step that you take that he is omniscient. And he knows, and he's already planned, and he's already provided for what you need. (laughs) Let me show you God's omniscience in Scripture. In Job 38, you know, Job kind of went through some hard times. And I'm sure that Job, like you and me, just laid awake at night a little bit and was thinking, what in the world is God doing? You know how we, we get there. You know, when you don't know God's attributes, we, we begin to blame God, we begin to blame others, we begin to throw things around and, and just kind of talk about that things are chaotic and confused. And with God, nothing is chaotic and confused because he knows everything. So God... <laughs> and the way he is, he, he's so personal, he's so loving. But he was really strong with Job. And, and watch what is said here. Job is trying to tell God some things. And in Job 38, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this, talking to Job, who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? God says to Job, now just hear what I'm about to say here. What idiot is talking now? That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Well, that's not what Scripture says. That's just kind of me, you know, the Lord saying, oh, dude, you really don't know who I am. He says, you want to talk about knowledge, Job? And then he continues. Now prepare yourself like a man. Stand up in your own strength. Stand up in your own knowledge. Prepare yourself. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors, when it burst forth and issued from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddled, swaddling band, when I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors, when I said, this far you may come, but no farther, and here your proud waves must stop. You know, in the world, they're always talking about the world's going to flood, all the different things. Well, you know, the rainbow reminds us the world's never going to flood again. And, and right here, he's talking about when I created the ocean, when I created the waves, and I did all that I did in creation, I'm the one all-powerful and all-knowledge, and I told the waves, this is where you're going to stop. Now, do you think mistakes of man, or do you think, you know, uh, what people will do or whatever, build closer to the ocean, do you actually think that that's going to be more powerful and ruin what God created? Nah. No, his hands, 
still stops the waves. We could read the whole chapter, and you, and you need to read it. But look at verse 19. It says, Where is the way, Job, to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where is its place? Tell me, Job. You think you're all knowledge and you know everything and you're trying to teach me? Let me tell you, where is that? Verse 22. Have you entered, watch this, this is so cool. I grew up in Michigan. Have you entered the treasury of snow? Did you know there's a treasury of snow? Or have you seen the treasury of hail? Verse 25. Who has divided a channel for the overflowing water? Or a path for the thunderbolt to cause it to rain on a land where there is no one. A wilderness in which there is no man. He's telling Job, Job, when you're facing all what you're facing right now, you need to understand, I'm not only all-powerful, but I know all things. Trust in me. See, I can trust in God. He knows it all. He knows me, and he knows my path. Here's the third thing. God is omnipresent. This is so cool. And if I get a little bit excited, (laughs) just get excited with me in your living room. The definition of omnipresent is God is fully present at all places at all times. Present means close to you, very near, right next to you. He says, I am here. Wherever you're at, he says, I am here because he's omnipresent. God is everywhere at once. There is no limit of where he is to where he can go because he is infinite without limit or measure. Let me say some things to blow you away now. Listen very closely. We're talking about God is everywhere. Did you know that God doesn't travel? Because the reason you travel is to get somewhere you're not at. There is no place God isn't. He is there. This is the omnipresence of God all presence of God. God is above all presiding. He is beneath all sustaining. He is outside of all embracing. And he is inside of all filling. Omnipresent. You know where he is? Is he outside of me or inside? He's both. Is he above us or beneath us? Is he above me or beneath me? He's both. Second Chronicles 2.6 says, But who is able to build him a temple since heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build him a temple except to burn sacrifice before him? You know, we think the universe contains God. It does not. He's there. 
Here is the bigness of God. I picked up a book about 20 years ago, and I read it about three times. Scientists have found stars 300 million light years away. This is 20 years ago. I'm sure they found more. It does not contain the bigness of our God. God is there and beyond. God fills the earth, but is so much larger. In your ministry, in your life, in your calling, when you come to church and fill the Kleenex cartons, God is there. When you are tempted to sin, God is there. (laughs) So with that statement, let me ask you this. If you are tempted, God says, I am about to show up. Would you do what you're tempted to do? Probably not. Surprise, God is there. (laughs) Psalm 139, I asked you at the beginning to turn to that because I, I want to explain this. I want to read it. Normally, I don't read a lot of Scripture, you know, in a huge amount, but we use a lot of Scripture in our sermons. But in Psalm 139... There are 24 verses, and the 24 verses are divided in sections of four. The first four, or the first six verses, show the omniscience of God, showing he is all-knowing. In verses 7 through 12, it shows the omnipresence of God. In 13 through 18, it shows the omnipotence of God. And in verses 19 through 24, uh, next week's sermon shows God's justice. So let me, as I ask you to turn to that, let me just read this to you very quickly. Verse 1 speaks of omniscience. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways, all-knowing. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Verse 7 begins talking about the omnipresence of God. Man, the shepherd really got this. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. Listen to this. You're never alone, church. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell on the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Omnipresence. Now let's look at the omnipotence of God. So we've seen omniscience, omnipotence, now um, omnipresence. Now let's look at the 
potence. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they are, were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. His omniscience, his omnipresence, and his omnipotence. What does this mean to you and me as a Christian? In his power, you have victory. In his knowledge, he knows what you need. And in his presence, you are never alone. He is always there. Ephesians 1, verse 17 through 23 says this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Your God is all things. My God is all things. He has such intimacy with with us. He has all knowledge, all power, and he's always there you can be sure and assured that God will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave because of the choice and all knowledge that they had and all power. It was the power of God that raised him up. And that power resides in you. If you are listening and watching, I want you to understand Jesus Christ is Lord of everything. The God that we speak of is the God that is omni. He is all. He's all things to us. He's greater than we could ever even ask about or even think about. He's greater than that. But I'm asking that you would settle your heart and begin to think that your God is this God of all for you, your home, and your family. May God's wonderful all peace manifest in your hearts. 
And soon, church, we will have that reopening. Soon, we will gather together and we will celebrate. But until then, let the peace of God surpass all understanding. And let the knowledge of what I just taught overwhelm your heart and your mind that you think the way God thinks. See, his thoughts are greater, but he said, I've sent you the Holy Spirit that you may know me. Know your God. And whatever you are facing today, in Jesus' name, you will have victory because God has already planned and God has already provided. God bless you this day. If you don't know Jesus, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you shall be saved. And then you can journey with us on this beautiful life, serving a personal, loving, good, powerful, all-knowing God. God bless you.